I'm Sylvia Burgos Tofnes, and this is Deep Roots Radio. Every week, my guests help us connect the dots between what we eat and how it's grown because every single food dollar we spend either protects or degrades the environment, produces foods with high nutrition or empty calories, and either helps pay a fair wage or keeps farm workers among the working poor. We get to make that choice every time we push a cart through the grocery store, visit the farmer's market, and eat at a restaurant. I hope you enjoy this interview. Dave Corbett, you and I raise 100% grass-fed beef. So we've got cattle that we graze rotationally. They Mm -hmm. move from field to field. And I currently use a not very well-trained corgi. And and I and I say that with all kinds of humility and, and embarrassment. Ziggy. Ziggy, yes. He is a, a little corgi, and some people don't know that corgis, in fact, are herding mm-hmm. animals, herding dogs, and are among some of many species that in fact are used breeds rather that are used on the farm. Mm-hmm. On the farm. Now you've had border collies. I have in the past. We're uh, currently without a dog, but and haven't had one for a couple of years. But I've had a couple of. Uh, Pretty well-trained border collies over the years, and then one uh, who uh, not so well-trained. So <laughs> isn't that the, isn't that the truth? Okay. So and and I will readily admit that when you don't have a very well-trained working dog, mm-hmm. it's usually the fault of the human. Yep. In in that equation. And today, however, this morning we have with us on Deep Roots Radio someone who knows very well that balance, that equation, that kind of. Um, team Mm -hmm. that develops between the farmer or the rancher and the border collie or other working dog and that is denise rackley who is the owner and operator of clearfield stock dogs out of bennington indiana good morning denise how are you good morning we here in polk county wisconsin are surrounded by lots and lots of farmland some of them populated uh, with cattle, others with sheep. And I know right now one of the most popular things to look at on YouTube or even on Facebook is dogs working sheep. That has become an enormously popular uh, thing and entertaining thing to watch. But you know firsthand what it takes to train a herding dog. First of all, Denise, how did you get involved? What got you interested in border collies um, and I, in working I, dogs. I had a flock of sheep, mm-hmm. and I needed help with them. I didn't have any two-legged help, so I thought, sure, I can train a dog. So I got a border collie puppy, and I say it's uphill from there, but I have a slight border collie addiction, so maybe it's downhill from there. Uh. <laughs> Now, how long ago was that, Denise? 18 years. All right, so it started out with you're having a flock of sheep and needing some help. How did your um, knowledge of both the dog and the training evolve over those nearly two decades? I have quite a bit of dog experience, pet dogs. I'm a veterinary technician, so help people with their dogs, not only medically but behavior issues, and did some obedience, and I thought surely I could train one. Uh, they're smart. You know, I'd had sheep for five years. I knew what I needed them to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I bought a pup from a dairy, and he and I worked together, but it was nothing like it could or should have been. 
I spent five years kind of struggling, thinking he had to do what I say when I said, but I didn't really know how to communicate that to him. So a lot of the time he was spent on a long line, and he definitely changed the attitude of the sheep and gave me enough insight that I wanted to pursue things further. Uh, so you had to learn how to really train the dog. I did. Yeah. Well, you, Denise, you're saying this gives me a whole lot of hope because, <laughs> like I said, I'm the one who is not very well, uh, who's not knowledgeable in the equation of me and Siggy. Uh, and Siggy, yeah. is, as, as you know, Corgi is a very short-statured little dog. Uh, lots of people don't realize that they've been used for herding, um, especially, I guess, in Scandinavia, um, herding not only our four-legged animals, but geese. So you've had a lot of experience with your dog and kind of learning how to be a trainer. And over the years, uh, Clearfield Stock Dogs not only trains, but also you you actually breed, don't you? I, I do. I Bring my own, mostly. I, I bring in some outside dogs, of course, when you're breeding. But I learned with the first oh, 10 dogs or so that it's not only just getting a border collie that matters. It's watching the parents work and making sure you like their personalities and you like the way they work because that instinct is passed down to the pup and most if you get a good dog, it's 80% the dog and 20% training. Mm. Get one that's not so naturally inclined, then it's 80% training and 20% dog. And it's a whole lot easier if, if the dog kind of is born with those instincts and that knowledge in its head. You know, I've had eight-week-old pups, you know, climb through the fence to go out with sheep, and they've got them in a bunch, and... And you're going, okay. <laughs> no kidding. It really oh. it really kind of comes out and displays itself so early? Yes. Yep. I, I, absolutely. Wow. I've had a four-month-old climb up the skirt mesh fence, and she was out there herding sheep in the rain one big Friday. Denise, you are in Indiana. You are... Uh, breed dogs. And I think I, I'd like listeners to know right off the bat that we're going to do two shows with Denise Rackley. The first is going to be generally on livestock working dogs. And then I think our next show is going to focus on how different breeds do different, slightly different jobs and how they might be trained differently. So if you're into using dogs on your farm, we've got a treat. It's going to be a two-parter for you. All right, Denise, you uh, focus a lot on your farm, I think, on Border Collies. And my understanding is that the Border Collie is the most intelligent of the, the working dog breeds in, in the world. Uh, has that proved to be your experience? Like you said, every, every breed was developed for a specific purpose. And what makes the Border Collies unique is they were developed in Scotland, England, and in the U.K., to go out on the hills and gather big bunches of sheep. Because of that, they needed a, a large natural gather to be able to gather those, those big fields and big flocks. The other breeds don't do that. Um, so it's all, it's not only they're intelligent, but their type of work suits me and my farm. What happens, Denise, in one of your training workshops? What, what can a, a person expect? And 
is it is it really um, a training for farmers and ranchers or are hobbyists part of this routine as well? Because I came into the dogs from the practical side, those are the folks that I most enjoy working with. Obviously, there's quite a few hobby folks that, that do herding and compete, and I have, you know, I have done that as well. But my, my main focus is the livestock person. The clinics that I am currently having, there's one at the end of April. I ask Jack Knox to come and teach because he's been doing this for 60 years, and I've only been doing this for 18. Okay. So <laughs> I, I, learn, I learn right along with everybody else, and he has so much more experience and knowledge than I. Um, we have a round pen set up, and then we have a, a nice field. So it depends on what stage the dog and handler are at as to where we work, and it's very practical. We just start wherever we need to for the, that team. So, Denise, what is the a good age for a dog to come into training? I mean, do you start – is there an ideal age? Is, is there any dog that's too old to work with? They're never too old. They won't change a whole lot probably if they are, you know – over five, you'll be able to correct some things, but by that time they spent five years doing whatever habits they've made, and those are hard to redirect. Uh. Um, the ideal starting age depends on the dog. Like I've said, you know, I I can tell pups, you know, at eight, nine weeks old that they're going to be a good working dog. Wow. Usually anywhere between four to six months they start, but that's in my line. Other lines aren't that way. Um, I, I bought a young dog from a rancher in Montana, and he's now 11 months old, and he's just thinking about sheep now. Mm. So it's, it is very individual. You know, that's so interesting because my husband, David, and I saw something similar in um, a hunting dog that he has. He has a German short hair pun- uh, pointer who at nine months was just spectacular. What he could achieve on a training field uh, just had people's eyes kind of popping out. And so it really does emerge at different different times. The most important thing is, is to find that line that you like, you know, watch the parents work, and then raise them correctly so they, they respect you and trust you and give them you know, some exposure to sheep or whatever it is your livestock you're working with. Mm-hmm. And then when they're ready to start, try to bring out those natural instincts. And it's a give and take, pressure and release, instead of working from an obedience perspective. Tell us a little bit about Jack Knox. Why, I, I realize that you had said he's, he's much more experienced. He uh, came from Scotland. He now lives in Missouri, I understand. What does he bring to the uh, to the training sessions, he's he's bringing his dogs to do a demonstration, and but he himself just he travels across the country, works with so many people and dogs. He can read the dog's behavior and little little signs. It gives you a flick of the tail, a turn of the ear, a drop of the head. So he reacts to those instantaneously to communicate with the dog. You know, we obviously communicate by talking, but there's a lot of motions and 
and subtle signs that we use that people don't necessarily pick up on. But the dogs have only their body language. So to be in tune with them and know what the dog is telling you, you have to watch that body language and react appropriately. Is is training uh, a stock dog, and let's just focus on border collies for right now, is it a difficult thing to do? It, it takes commitment and dedication to learn how to communicate well and to raise the dog well. You know, you can't let it run around the yard and not come to you and expect it to come when it's working, you know, 400 yards away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to... You have to be as committed as the dog is, and that's saying quite a bit. I've been to dog border collie trials, um, you know, demonstrations of, of gathering up sheep. And I noticed that some of the trainers, some of the handlers are using voice commands and others are using whistles. When you do your training, what is it that you're depending on? Because I train Using the dog's instincts, a lot of the normal things, I I just send to my dog, and he knows where we're going and, and what he needs to do. So I don't communicate a ton. The trial field is judged on straight lines, so every, every step the sheep and the dog make, they're adjusting that, where I don't necessarily have to interject that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I personally use a lot of voice commands because that just comes more naturally to me mm-hmm. as opposed to tones in a whistle. You know, it, it, it strikes me, Denise, as you're kind of describing what it is that you do in your point of view, that it is really so much, it seems, of bringing out something that's already in the dog. And you're learning how to read that and then together forming a team that allows you to kind of to move your livestock where it is that you want them to go. It, it sounds like a lot of getting in tune with one another. The dogs will give you 150% if you have that relationship, if you have their respect and trust, and if you respect and trust them as well. And that is the foundation that that Jack believes in, that I believe in, and, and we're not alone in that. Um, mm-hmm. But that makes that makes a world of difference. I mean, I know my dogs have saved me a time or two um, from being mauled by a cow, from being, you know, butted by a ram. And I know they'd stand in front of a train for me because we have that type of relationship. So this sounds, maybe it's a silly question, but... So do, do you keep your dogs outside, or do they are they actually allowed inside the house? Mine are in, but that does not necessarily need to be the case. I, I enjoy my dog's company, and, and I prefer that, but a lot of people have them in kennels or outside. Do you know if one, one uh, approach works better than another? I think it's an individual thing. Um, If they're outside, obviously, you have to make more of an effort to go out and spend time with them. You know, you can't just let them out of the kennel and and let them run around the yard and put them back. You know, you you have to spend that that quality time with them. I'm in the house, so they can be, you know, laying at my feet or laying on the couch. (laughs) Right. And, uh, and, And we interact, you know 
throughout the day. Okay. Well, Denise, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was that in seeking out a dog, if it wasn't some uh, a dog that you bred yourself, that you look at the parents, the way that the, those parents um, work in the field, um, what their instincts might be, because those are, in fact, passed along to that little puppy. Is that what you recommend then for anyone who's looking for a really good stock dog to do to actually go and, and take a look at those parents? Yes, absolutely. But it takes kind of a practiced eye to see what is going on. You know, when you first see something new, you're going, wow, that's cool. But to really break that down and figure out, you know, the dog's strengths and and challenges, it takes a practiced eye to do that. If you're first into stock dogs, you're not going to see those things. So finding a mentor, as like most agricultural things is always a good idea so if you if you can find someone that you appreciate their approach and their dog works their livestock well Mm -hmm. i would have that person assist you in finding that dog i mean i get calls from all across the country Mm -hmm. and and just talking to that person and finding out what they're wanting and what their operation is like and where they need help i can kind of discern what type of dog is going to work well for them. What can you tell us about just how valuable a stock dog can be on a livestock operation? Uh, well, I don't go to the barn without one. Um, they they not only gather uh, border collies can drive stock away. If I'm taking feed out in the buckets, I used to get pushed and shoved and stepped on. You know, the sheep used to put their head in the bucket, and it was it was bad. Um, so now I just have my dog go in, push the sheep to the other side of the field or hold them in a corner. I go in, I dump feed in the bunks. I come back out, I call my dog, sheep run to the bunk and eat. So mm. that the safety alone is worth the time and effort and training. Um, I stand at the gate and send my dog and... They'll gather every sheep out there. Um, so it, it saves me a whole lot of steps. When I'm vaccinating or worming, I can, you know, grab one out of the field. I can take a five. So you're saving your flock from moving back to the barn or handling facility. Mm. If I have a ewe lambing and she's in the pasture and I need help now, my dog will go in front of her, and I can hold her if she's not already laying down, get her laid down, and pull a lamb out in the pasture. Everything with livestock, the dog can help you load trailers, you name it. Even though my little corgi is, is really not trained well at all, that there might be some germ of, of, a, of a herding dog in there. Because I, the way I use them actually is to protect protect me in the field as I'm doing work to make sure that I'm not mobbed by the cattle. Sure. And he does a great job. Livestock understand the movements of a herding dog. They understand that communication. And simply that respect that you have gained can assist you a lot. You know, if they don't want to come through the gate, the dog behind them can give that little push mm-hmm. it's not it's not the jumping and biting noses that you see in pictures on 
on videos, that's not stockmanship with a dog. You can do it with a good dog and the right training, very low stress, and have it so much easier. You know, there's no yelling, there's no screaming, there's no waving of arms. It's all it's all very quiet, and the sheep appreciate that, and and so does the dog. It's interesting that uh, maintaining a calm and quiet um, demeanor atmosphere on the farm is kind of the thing that you want. It, it's, it's not what you see in the movies, with, as you had so well, <laughs> so well described, Denise. You know, uh, Dave Corbett, you've had much more experience with, with Border Collies. Your thoughts? Well, it's just, I'd like to get back to something she uh, mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, that it's been my experience anyway that the focus and the instinct of a border collie uh, can either be channeled uh, positively or if they're left to their own devices it be- can become real uh, bad negative behavior even li- around livestock. How important is it to focus them at an early age on what you want them to do? It isn't necessarily the training on livestock at an early age that makes a difference. It's the training and partnership that you develop at an early age that makes a difference. Hmm. You know, you can take a a two-year-old dog with instinct and start it on livestock, and it'll do fine. But if you have that foundational relationship, if you leave that dog with a whole ton of instinct out, you know, loose in the yard that can get to livestock, you're probably going to be in trouble. And I'm very careful when I place my dogs, you know, somebody will say, well, I want a farm dog. Okay. Do you have livestock? Yes. Okay. Are you going to train it? Well, if I have time. Well, it's not going to be if you have time. The dog's going to be into stock because Mm. instinct is telling them to go to stock. So unless you're dedicated to train it, you're going to have problems. You can get border collies without instinct, you know, that are that do well as pets and just hang out. But you're not going to take a working dog and put it on a livestock farm and leave it to its own devices and things go well. My dogs, if they're out, you know, 200 yards, 400 yards, and I'm asking them to go against their instinct to do something I need them to do, they do it because I'm asking, not because I can make them do it. So that that relationship is is ultimately that and instinct. So it's respect and trust and instinct that makes a good dog. Mm. Well, Denise, could you give us the dates of your upcoming workshops and also um, either a phone number or a website that people can go to to get more information? Yes, it's April 27th through 29th is the workshop. And it's $80 a day to attend and work a dog, or you can come and watch, and that is 30. Lunch is here on the farm, and it goes from about 9 till we're done. Every dog and partner works twice. Oh, the website is Clearfield Stock Dogs or Facebook page you can go to that has videos and information is Success with Stock Dogs. Visit my website, bronxtobarn.com, to download this and past interviews. 
to learn about my farm and to reserve 100% grass-fed beef. We deliver to Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks.